Are you an entrepreneur looking to have your business grow with a little help from the internet? Well, you've come to the right place. Welcome to Harness the Web with your host, Steve Peck. Hey everyone, it's Steve Peck here with Harness the Web. And today I have with me Gabrielle Cardona. And uh, Gabrielle has been uh, a life coach for eight years. She started her practice in Phoenix, Arizona. Currently, she has an, off an office in Everett, Washington. She has an MBTI certifi certification, and that's Myers-Briggs uh, certification for those people who aren't f familiar with what that meant. And she's been a guest speaker in the Expanding Your Horizons program, uh, Highland Community College, since 2012. She was Woman of the Year for the National Association of Professional Women in 2013 and pres president of the Tacoma Chapter of the professional women uh, or national association of professional women she has 15 years of marketing and sales experience which is how uh, she became good at working with people and understanding them prior to becoming a life coach which is what she does today welcome gabriel thank you for having me steve um it's it's really great that you're here and did i leave anything out i don't think so and if there's anything else i want to add i'll go ahead and do that as we talk about anything great. we talk about <laughs> That's really cool. So tell me, like, so you're a life coach today, right? Yes, I am. Yeah, tell me, like, what is, for people who don't know, what does a life coach do? And like, I, what do you do? I love that you asked me that question first because you ask five different random life coaches on the street, they will give you five completely different answers. Um, because it's a very ambiguous term, it became very cachet about 10 years ago and a lot of people wanted to do it because it sounded good. So I'll just tell you what I do <laughs> and uh, we can go from there. Basically, uh, a life coach like myself, I help people define their personal goals in their life and then I help them reach those goals based on their individual personality type. A coach is not a mental health professional. It's like uh, for football, you wouldn't look to your coach if you broke your leg on the field. The coach is the one who comes up with a game plan and makes sh make sure you stay on that plan until you score for your team. So it's all about winning in the game of life and me giving you the best advice to keep you on that track to reaching your personal goals. And is there a, a particular range of goals that you work with people on or anything kind of specific? Or is it pretty any kind of goal? Well, it's, it's funny because my very first client said to me, we were talking at, at Starbucks at the bar, fixing our little drinks, and he said, so uh, I have everything that I should have in my life that the world has told me would make me happy. Why am I not happy? I will give you $120 an hour if you can tell me why my life is perfect on paper and I am not happy. So pretty much I help people understand themselves and understand that what makes one person happy in life, like a, a career or a relationship or a certain amount of money, economic stability. What is it that would make you happy? And I've had a big, wide range of all kinds of, of personal goals. But for the most part, it's just about having inner peace and accepting certain things in your life and certain things about yourself and realizing those are the things that will make you happy. They don't have to be huge. They don't have to be impressive. It's just about who you are and loving who that is. So, so is it fair to say that you're a happiness coach? That's a very good way to put it. Yes, <laughs> I'm a happiness coach. I like that. <laughs> I get that completely. So tell us, what does that look like? So, so someone comes to you as a, a new client yes. 
And what does that whole like engagement kind of look like? Well, I use the example like in the book that I'm writing. If someone, a complete stranger, were to call you on the telephone and say, Hi, Steve, we have a mutual friend. And this friend said that you are great about giving instructions, directions on how to get to the beach. I really need to get to the beach. I've got friends waiting there for me. How do I get there? Well, there's a couple things that you need to know if you're going to give them directions to the beach of happiness in life. Number one, where are you? Number two, there are several different beaches here. Which one specifically are you going to? And the most important thing, how are you getting there? Are you driving? Are you walking? Are you riding a bike? Well, as a life coach, I help you take a few minutes just to kind of sit back and look at yourself. Take an inventory of where you are right now in your life. So I have a few activities that I do with my clients. It doesn't take more than a a few weeks. I'd say maybe a month at the most for a person just to take an inventory of their immediate life surroundings, the things that they have in their life, the people in their life, and just say, okay, you know what? I happen to be in San Diego right now. And then to really clearly define their goals in life, actually, you know, I think I want, I think I really do want this particular job, or, you know, I think I'm ready for a a relationship, we'll say. And then I say, okay, so we've got kind of an idea of where we're going. Now let's take a look at how you get through your life. What is your personality type? Because I promise you, if you're getting in the car to go to Puget Sound from San Diego, I'm going to be giving you very different directions than if you're flying. And what happens is, as we start out in the process of coaching, and they say, okay, you know what, I'm coming from San Diego and I'm driving a car, halfway there, we could be in Oregon, right of self-awareness and and self-improvement and then they realize oh my goodness this is actually a plane that I've been driving around for the last 20 years no wonder this doesn't feel right I say okay now we've just figured out that your personality is actually an ESFJ not an INTP let's go ahead and start flying to your destination we're gonna get there a little bit quicker (laughs) and we're gonna go in a very different way the airports over here let's go ahead and go and so when I go through the process of coaching, happiness coaching, it's really more about self-understanding and self-awareness, and that is what is the foundation for personal growth and reaching every goal that you have in your life. What works for one person to lose 20 pounds may be a diet that food comes out of a box for you to eat. Another person may be, you know what, I actually just need to go to the gym, find five other people that I can play basketball with, three times a week and not really worry about food until I get healthy first. I would give five different people five completely different ways to lose 20 pounds based on nothing more than their personality type. So what were those? You you used three or two different initials rather. Right. What were those? What else? I think the ones I used were ESFJ and the other one was INTP. Now, do you want to know the specifics about those or... Yeah, like what are they? Yeah, what I don't. What, so what do they stand for? Okay, well, basically the Myers-Briggs type indicator is a personality profile system based on four different dichotomies. The first one is how do you get your energy in life? Science has shown that we as people have a lot of energy. Sometimes they've shown uh, pictures of an aura with different colors, but the, the fact is we can feel people. So you are either an introvert or an extrovert. An introvert is someone who generates energy within themselves when they're alone. And then as they interact with people, they spend that energy. It takes effort and it takes 
concerted focus for them to interact with people and after a certain period of time or a certain number of people they've basically spent it all and they need to withdraw and recharge again by themselves extroverts get their energy from other people and from interacting the more they interact or the more that there are people around them the more energy they get and then if they have to spend time alone doing certain solitary activities their energy starts to drain and they need to go out and be social again. So everybody is either an introvert or an extrovert. That's the best explanation of that I've ever heard. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> I think I, I think I actually get it now. <laughs> and a lot of people misunderstand. They, they confuse being shy um, with inevitable introversion, and it's not. Or some people who are very verbose, that means they're an extrovert. That's not necessarily true. It's about in life, your energy and your desire to make people a part of your daily function. Nothing more. Sweet. That's really good. Okay, and then the second dichotomy is how you gather and process information in your life. We have five senses, and they are constantly going, and they're constantly in overdrive. We're not aware of everything we hear, smell, touch, taste, see. What what our subconscious is doing is pretty much saying, you know what, don't worry about it. I'm just going to go ahead and, and start accumulating all of these, these little pieces of information like Legos. And then I'm going to put them together and create complete thoughts and complete pictures, complete ideas that I'm going to go ahead and give you to use on a conscious, conscientious level. And that's your intuition that's putting all the pieces that your senses are gathering. So if you are sensory... You are focusing on the things in the world around you. You're paying very close attention to all of these details of everything that's going on. If you're intuitive, you pretty much trust that your senses are doing their job and you put your main focus on the complete thoughts and ideas that your subconscious is generating with those individual pieces. So sensory people just in general tend to be very aware of right here, right now. Intuitive people tend to think big picture, long-term, what could be, what would be. <clears throat> when they're talking about gathering and processing information, that's one of your preferences. You're either sensory or intuitive. And then the third dichotomy is once you have these pieces of information and you've, you've, you're ready to do something with them, it's time to make a decision of what you're going to do in your daily life. You're either a thinker or a feeler. Now this is another one that people get very confused and they've been very misinformed about. Um, a thinker is someone who uses logic, reason, rationale to make their decisions. A feeler is someone who takes people, their personal needs, their personal feelings, their personal preferences into consideration when they're making a decision. Now when you're, you're dealing with people a thinker would say, I understand that you're not necessarily going to like right now. You're not going to be really happy with what we're doing right now. But if it makes really good sense and you can really rationally, logically see why this would be the best thing to do, I'm okay with you not being happy right now because trust me, in the end, you will be happy. And it's good for you. You know, sometimes life just doesn't work out the way you want, but that's okay. A feeler would say, no, actually, it's really important that we take other people's feelings into consideration as we're deciding what we're going to do because you don't have to be unhappy when you're doing something. There has to be a way 
to make this something pleasurable and something enjoyable for the people. Yes, eventually we're going to make the decision of where we go and what we do. Where do you really want to go that would make you the happiest? It doesn't have to make sense. It just has to feel right. So then you've made the decision either as a thinker or a feeler. And then the last dichotomy is P or J. And those letters stand for perceiver or judger. Now you've made a decision of what you want to do. There are a lot of different ways you can do it. Like, for example, you've decided that it's time to go to the store. A perceiver is someone who is very flexible, they're very negotiable, they're very adjustable. They can do the same thing five different ways, and all of them will work. A judger is someone who says, no, actually, we need to bring a list with specific items that we're going to buy within a certain budget and go to a certain store at a certain time. Because when we have structure and consistency and predictability in our life, life runs more smoothly. The perceiver, you know what, might like the idea of writing a list. Probably between the front door and the car, they would lose the list and just hope as they're going through the store. You know what, I can go ahead and fake my way through this because if it's something that I see in the moment that needs to be done or taken care of, I'll take care of it. I trust myself and my judgment in making sure it gets done, but I'm very flexible and adjustable in the way that I do it. That's really great. And as you were going through this, I was actually scoring myself. <laughs> It's probably che yes. cheating, yes. you know, without taking a test. But I think I come up as an IITP. Okay, I think that's an N. The second letter you're looking at as an intuitive instead yeah, of a yes. sensory. I'm sorry, I forgot to mention that. Since I already belongs to introvert, they take the second letter of the word, so it's N. So, so, so it's N-I-T-P. I-N-T-P, yes. And, and what I really like about this test is that there are 16 different personality types. A lot of personality profile tests have three or four, maybe even five. But when you're talking about 16 different personalities, it gets very specific. And I promise you, the reason that I am married for 21 years and my husband still walks through the door and looks at me like I'm his, his bride is because I understand him. I understand him better than he understands himself. And I know exactly what to do for him and say to him in order for him to be happy. Because there's a lot of different ways that you can tell a man, go do the dishes for me. <laughs> or, you know what, sweetheart, you're going to cook dinner tonight. And some of them work better than others. If you understand the person that you're talking to, you know how to express gratitude and affection. Ask for requesting, you know, ask for favors or Actually, and I think what works, what's more important is what not to say, what not to do when you're talking about yourself. Because it's one thing to really understand the other person, and it's really, really something else to understand yourself. The fact that I knew my personality type when I was eight years old was a big part of the reason why puberty wasn't so hard for me the way it was for my peers at that time. So when I'm talking to him, I know how to translate things into his mental language of his personality, and I know how to express what's really going on inside of me because I, I know exactly who I am, and I know what I need, and I can get directly to the point, which men always appreciate. That's awesome. Yeah, I think That's really good. I like that. So with, let's go back to your business, though. Okay. So we, you know, it's I have a much better understanding of the kinds of things you do and the, the kind of the um, 
I was going to say the scope, but more almost the context of what you do. Exactly. Very, very nice way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. And do you consider your business to be internet-based or is it just more traditional brick and mortar where you meet people face-to-face and well, I, I would say, again, on paper, my business, most of what I offer is accessible through the Internet. I offer a lot of different services. On my website, I have anything from webinars to Skype and phone coaching. In fact, a lot of my phone clients I got through the Internet. But the fact that I'm in a new area, I'm still meeting people face-to-face and most of the substance, the bulk of what I'm doing right now in my location is one-on-one individual coaching. I understand that the industry is changing a lot. A lot of people are simply more inclined to look on the internet for whatever it is that they're they're wanting to purchase or learn or understand. They would rather look it up on the computer than drive to the library. They would rather Skype than drive to your office. I think the fact that my business is evolving into something more technological, something more internet, I think that was just inevitability with the the times that we live in. Right now, it's still mostly face-to-face, and a lot of my clients I meet personally, even if it's over the internet on LinkedIn. They say, wow, I was interested in one of the comments you posted in a discussion. Who are you? What do you do? Then I consider that one-on-one. But we are typing on a computer. They haven't actually seen me in the chair in front of them. So how do you harness the net to to do your business? Well, I guess most of it is on the the website, LinkedIn, simply because when someone knows you and they tell somebody that they know about you and then they tell two people, I now have 2,700 business connections on LinkedIn and I'd say about 60% of the business that I do right now was generated through that website. And is that, how do you, how do you make those connections? Is it from uh, information you publish? What do you, what do you do to, to generate the, or attract the people to you? Well, there are different discussion groups. There are different, um, just, it's kind of like Facebook only for professionals and their businesses really they're promoting themselves and so when I see different discussions about different themes it could be anything from how to advertise and market to does God exist there there are a lot of people 200,000 300,000 400,000 people that belong to these discussion groups and if you just participate for a few a few days then they see what you say, they they can get an idea of who you are and how you work, then they, they know if they want to know you more. And so then they speak to you directly and say, you know, I have a question about something that you said. Where are you located and what exactly do you do? But I ended up getting familiar with uh, Network After Work. Now that is a networking company where I actually go to a location. It can be anything from a restaurant to um, a park. Where, where professional people get together and say, you know what, I want to know who your clients are. You can have my clients. We both need to get more clients. Let's just share. And that is face-to-face, and it's very casual and very social. That's, that's cool. So really you're getting your clients from both places. Yes, both. Yeah, that's very cool. You know, a lot of people talk about all the great things about using the Internet for business. Yes. Either to find business or to 
or to conduct business because you could you could use it really for both things. Um, tell us a t- story or a time when harnessing the internet didn't really work for you and it didn't give you the results you were looking for. Well, I would say probably fairly recently I saw a group of people who considered themselves life coaches. They were they were debating kind of a, a spiritual issue because right now religion is bad, right? Spirituality is good. <laughs> this is a very social evolution that we're having here. And people who are coaches really don't necessarily want to define themselves as anything. So a lot of them just consider themselves gurus or spiritual guides. So I started up a, um, a discussion based on what this, this conversation, this original discussion that someone else had started was about. And very few people ended up responding to my initial question. And I thought, well, this is really strange because when I was in the group talking about it, everyone was very opinionated and they were very honest about sharing all of their opinions. <laughs> they had no inhibitions whatsoever. But when I posted my initial conversation, it really didn't seem to generate a lot of social interaction because I think the question that I asked was very pointed and it was not very politically correct. So for me it was still a matter of what are the social boundaries, what are the dynamics of this particular group when you don't actually get a chance to sit down with someone and talk to them one-on-one for an extended period of time you can't always discern what they think or feel just based on four or five comments that they make in a general discussion with a hundred thousand other people. I think that's where I, I really didn't understand how the internet worked, but I learned a lot from it and I'm starting to adjust to things that I realize now simply happen when you're sitting at your computer that would never happen if you were face to face. So in, in what you're really saying is that it's not really much different than functioning in another group. Like a, if you were physically in a group, you still have that thing of not really knowing um, where someone's coming from or like the context of their own comments. No, actually it's very different and I'll tell you why. Because a lot of experts on communication would tell you that only about, I think they vacillate between like 3 and 5% of our communication with other people is the words. Okay, You've got eye contact, sense stress, modulation, body language, actually feeling the energy of another person. When I'm standing next to someone, like when I went to my last event with Network After Work, you can feel a lot of things and people say and do a lot of things over the internet that aren't, they're not real. They're just not honest because they don't have that social accountability. When you're working one-on-one with someone, even if you're just holding a drink, watching a, a something on the news that happens to be showing over the bar, and you're, you're standing next to them, you can ask them a very personal question. And if they start to lie to you, they will show signs of it, or they'll just avoid the question, or they might be just a little bit more considerate because you're standing right there looking at them. Over the internet, they might not have that same respect. They might not have that same inhibition, self-restraint to say, okay, you know what? Whatever I say to this person, they're still going to be standing there when I'm done saying it. So I better be really careful. Over the internet, a lot of people can be misleading about what they think or feel or want because they know they can immediately disappear. 
So they might be a little bit uh, deceptive in the way that they present themselves. And so that just makes it a little bit more challenging for someone like me, who has always preferred to work one-on-one -on -one anyway, adjusting to that and factoring in those different variables as she's making that kind of social contact. That makes perfect sense. And based on that, it, it really says that for you working over the Internet really become, is more challenging. Very. Because you lose some of the, the, yeah, the humanness of the communication. Yeah. And because I'm an introvert anyway, so for me, my personality type, I'm an INTP, um, I don't have a natural social inclination. And a, a lot of people, they have a, almost like an instinct. Like they can say, okay, well, if this person said this, what they really mean is that. I don't really know what you actually meant. All I know is what you said. So I have no problem asking a specific question for clarification. And the nice thing about that is the being very direct and being very pointed, it helps to sort and sift through the people who just want to vent, separating them from the people who are actually very interested in, in the conversation. And they're very willing to answer that question. And they actually really like that you asked because it means you're for real. It means you're legitimate and mature and professional and you can handle their answer. Well, that just makes you all that much better. That's very interesting. Very interesting indeed. Um, Gabrielle, what, like, a, can you give a piece of advice to someone who, maybe like yourself, who's a coach or a sole practitioner of some kind who wanted to get started using the inter internet in some meaningful way? At, you know, adding that dimension to their business. Can you just give them, like, what one piece of advice might you give somebody? Who wanted to use the internet? Yeah, who wanted to, to incorporate the internet into their business, maybe for the first time. I would say go on to professional websites like LinkedIn. I wouldn't necessarily say advertise on the internet because you are literally a drop of water in an ocean. And it can be very expensive to advertise. Go to a professional website and look at your colleagues, okay? And then take a look at people that you could network with from different industries and look at what they're doing, especially in your area. Because I promise you, Steve, what I was doing in Phoenix, Arizona is the opposite of what I'm doing here. The industry is so different and so many things have changed just even over the last few years, you really need to be privy to your professional surroundings, which includes the people that you're basically competing with, as well as the people that you could be referring your clients to or could be using as a, a touchstone for how you're going to continue to grow and expand your business. They're familiar with the industry. Take a lot of notes, ask a lot of questions get advice from the best of the best in the industry because they will give it to you in bulk. Even things you don't want to know, they're going to tell you just because they love to talk about themselves or what they do. Take notes and use all of their experience as the foundation for the decisions that you're going to make. They've made some mistakes that you don't have to. Take advantage of that. That's very good. To say a little bit more about the difference from moving from one location to another and how that really, like how is it, how are they different? Well, uh, like I mentioned, the first client that I ever had was in Phoenix and he basically said, 
you know, you you tell me how to get that little extra whatever it is that I need that I have a perfect life and something is still missing. Give it to me and I'll give you $120 an hour. Well, he was the assistant district attorney. So $120 an hour, he always paid me cash. Um, he liked what I had to say. So he mentioned me to a friend. And by the end of the first month, I was giving um, seminars. I was holding seminars for professionals in downtown Phoenix and Scottsdale in basically groups of 120 to 160 people. They wanted my information and they were willing to pay for it and they wanted me to get straight to the point and when I was done, I was done. So I was working with a certain group of people in a certain um, environment that, that had specific goals. Now that I'm in Everett, Washington, a lot of my clients are mothers who say, you know what, I love my daughter and she's making me nuts. <laughs> How do I talk to my daughter? She's a teenager and and I would actually give her the personality profile for her daughter and teach her communication skills based on what worked like magic for her son. Please don't ever say that to your daughter. You are setting her up and yourself up for frustration and more problems. A lot of the, the coaching that I'm doing now is personal for individuals who want to know how to make their daily life more simple. I started out with people who were saying, I really want to work with my boss and get a promotion. What should I say? What should I do? And I'm not going to tell you a thing about my wife or my kids because it's none of your business. <laughs> it's very interesting. It's interesting, the difference. Almost like there's each location has its own cultural personality. It really, really does. And the fact that... If I'm, if I'm living or working in an area where the average income is, you know, thirty-five to 40000 but my clients, when I first started as a life coach, were making between two hundred and three hundred thousand. and 300000 I have to adjust. And now I have a sliding scale because not everybody can afford even 60 or $70 an hour. But does that mean that they don't deserve to have that same information? Absolutely not. And the fact that the King County Library will host my seminars. I can go three times a year to their different locations. I just can't charge anything and I can have classes and, and tell people, okay, this is general information about life coaching. This is, you know, I'll give you a free personality profile if you would like it. And if you want anything more, then you can come to me. This is where you can find me. Otherwise, my next free seminar is going to be on this date at this time at this particular location. That's that's cool. So you've you, you've adapted to the the different environment. Yes. Yeah. Well, um, Gabrielle, what's your favorite tool that you use uh, on the internet, and like, how do you use it? I think probably LinkedIn is just my favorite tool because most of what I get in the way of actual paying clients, I end up getting face to face. I, a lot of what I do on the internet is just about learning the industry and seeing what my colleagues are doing and comparing how what's going on on the other side of the world in this exact same industry actually is affording me opportunities now. I've got a lot of people on the other side of the world who are saying, okay, so when are we going to get together? And my response is, you want to, that's, you know what, how about tomorrow? <laughs> I think just... Being having the freedom and having the opportunity for expansion, it's a matter of getting to know people and knowing people who know people. The internet really has just been my my greatest form of marketing. 
That's really great. It, it, the next question I have is really, you've talked a lot about the people that you've worked with and the kinds of things that you do. Can you give us like one general, um, I'm going to call it a success tip that someone could implement today in their life, um, you know, before they go to bed today? In order to do what? To be just in general a little happier. I was going to say, I can't believe you just stole my thunder. You need, to, you need to get very comfortable with laughing out loud. A lot of times, a lot of people use that in their text messaging or in their emailing. When was the last time you actually, genuinely belly laughed out loud? Or if you're walking down the street or if you're, you know, you have someone that is standing next to you at Starbucks. When was the last time you actually made a joke? and waited for them to laugh and enjoyed their laughter. A lot of people are just very isolated socially or they may, be, they may feel awkward because people are not trusting of people anymore. And once you have a very positive energy inside of yourself, people are drawn to you. And when you have that, that interaction, that positive interaction with people, it, it's contagious. It's infectious. They will take it somewhere else. It will go somewhere else. But your attitude changes and your perspective changes. It's things that you would see before that would be, hmm, that's interesting. They start to actually make you laugh out loud. And then when you go to work in the morning, you have a smile on your face. You don't even realize it, but people start saying hello and good morning to you. Don't ever underestimate the power of a smile and laughing out loud. It will change your life just because it doesn't happen the way that it used to. But you need to draw people to you and draw them to each other. That's very cool. And I can do that today. I can certainly laugh out loud before the day's over. And I believe you, Steve. I can see you <laughs> laughing. <laughs> so, Gabriel, thanks so much for being with us today. How do people reach you? Someone who wants to find out more about you or what you do, how can they reach out to you? Well, I really do like answering my phone, but people don't always prefer to make that their first attempt. So my email address is infinitylifecoaching at yahoo.com, and it's spelled just the way it sounds. I didn't do anything tricky with the words, infinitylifecoaching at yahoo.com. My website is infinitylifecoaching.com, and my business number is 425 280 8463. So any one of those three methods is very effective because I check them frequently and I always return either an email or a telephone call within 24 business hours. Great. That's so great. And again, Gabriel, thanks so much for being with us today. And Thank you for having yeah, me. Yeah, we really appreciate uh, all the uh, insights and advice you've given us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Infinity Now Find us on the web or on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Harness the Web. Thanks so much for listening to Harness the Web with your host, Steve Peck. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit HarnessTheWeb.net. We'll see you next time.